Welcome back, everybody. If you uh, have had a chance to tune in to some of our discussions, you are most likely an author, a speaker, or a coach. And we're sitting here with the team behind the Social Capital Investment Group, who is really spending a lot of time and energy bringing you free content to support your journey as a speaker, coach, or author. And today's topic, we're going to be talking about target marketing. How do you really establish that target and why is that important? Um, and where are some of the mistakes that people are making in terms of the beginning of their journey or even four or five years in to this uh, business? So, Eric, what are your tips around target marketing, man? I think I would like to just kind of reverse the, 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 the question to start. I'm curious with you in our conversation and how we have worked to define your target market. Yeah. What, what was, was that experience? Can you share with me a little bit about how your target market has been resonating and how you found that and what the process looked like for you? So the work that we did together early on um, in this journey from, from ground point zero was understanding the industry I'm getting involved in. So I'm in the dating space and single space. And, you know, it's one thing to have valuable content out there that's probably applicable to all sexes, particularly in Western culture. And I understand that, but the reality that most people would resonate with my message is kind of ridiculous. So we had to look at um, the industry first. And where are those little holes in the industry that I can have a louder voice in? And what we discovered in dating was there's a whole lot of women supporting women. There's a whole lot of matchmakers supporting both sexes. There's a whole lot of coaches that are male coaches coaching men. And then there's authors and speakers and everybody that's aiming at that demographic in terms of coaching. And yet what we found was there's not a lot. There's a few good ones. There's a few more not so good ones. <laughs> Um, that are men who aim and target and coach women in terms of being single and understanding men. Which, if there was a, ever a group that probably the opposite sex would want to learn from, it should be the opposite sex, sex itself, right? So Makes sense. Right. You want to learn how to date? No. I mean, I guess you can listen to women regarding certain aspects and that there's a lot of valuable information, a lot of things you got to do in terms of growth as a female working with females, but you know the reality is for those that are straight and looking to date men as a woman, probably a distinct advantage in listening to a man and how we view things. And so we kind of went down that route of looking at the industry and where can we have the loudest voice and that happened to be that spot. Yeah, if you want to learn how to cook, you go to the chef. Right, yeah. And you know, uh, the, the industry itself, we had to look at how many people are, are really looking for this? And there happens to be 150 million singles. But then within that, who do we want to target? Who, who, yeah, that's a huge... That's a huge marketplace. It's, well, technically, it's the biggest marketplace uh, in the U.S., at least. And so, the largest demographic, I should say. So, what we had to do is not just figure out where we would have the loudest voice, but then, within that, who is... Uh, in, in terms of those females, how do we find the the female that's going to resonate with my voice particularly? And what is my voice? Which, if you listen to the previous podcast, 
um, you you learn that going through and finding that voice is super important before you can even sit down and discover your target market. And so I'm a very direct, very blunt person that's not meant for every woman out there. And, uh, and within the target demographic, we decided to go and, and not just understand the industry where we found out that the vast majority of the 150 are 28 to 38 singles. We had to look at that and okay, we look at 28 to 38, who do we really want to aim at within that? And we found that the 30 plus single professional woman is somebody that can really resonate with my voice. They're, they're struggling. It's, it's a fun process. I love going through that and getting down that funnel. And I'm glad that you were able to share a little bit about your process because I think that it's valuable for, for our listeners to recognize that it is, uh, you know, a fun but very important process to be able to really have some success. And, and, and we'll talk about what happens if you don't niche, if you don't go deep enough in this process and, and how that can actually cost you. Money. And why people hesitate mm-hmm. to actually go deeper and really establish a, a, an extreme target market, there's there's some fear behind that, yeah. and I think we'll talk about that as well. We'll address that. The the thing that most coaches will come to me and ask is, you know, really, what defines this target market? How do I find these people? And one of the things that we start out with every coach doing is this this practice. Uh, this process of discovery, who their target market is. It's building this buyer persona. It's building this <clears throat> avatar, if you're familiar with the gaming industry, of who exactly this person is and really going through their week and, and what they do to define them, to define this archetype of who you're trying to reach and why. and. One of the first questions that we, we go through is, what problem are you trying to solve? Mm-hmm. What is it that you feel so educated, so knowledgeable, so passionate about being able to help others with? What is that problem? And, and first, is that a problem? Is there a problem there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't just make that up, which goes back to the other podcast discussion as well, um, which is why it's so important to start there. But. And so say there is a problem. Great. Well, you have confidence that you're able to solve it. What is it that you're able to solve? And and once you look at that in the face and you say, okay, you know, I am a coach. We use time management, for instance. I'm I'm a coach, and there's a lot of people out there that don't believe they have enough time in the day. Mm-hmm. We all have 24 hours, but some people just can't handle it. They never check off the biggest thing on their list. They always have remaining things on their to-do list. They're never able to get enough done. They're hurting their family's lifestyles and, and the time that they can spend with their family. So what is it that they're gonna solve? Well, they're gonna help these people more clearly organize their time or recognize that the time is in their power and how do they prioritize that, right? That's the problem is they're going to be able to relieve more time to be able to do the quality or important things personally and professionally for their clients. So then we have to recognize who has those issues and pains after we've figured out, yes, there's a problem. What do you solve? How do you do that? We have to stare at who has these issues. Now, for instance, in time management, I think almost everybody in the United States would say that they have time management issues. Great. 
who within that are we going to market? And this answer really comes from your passion and your mm-hmm. your desire of who you want to work with. Because and your style. And, and your style. style of coaching. Because some people really want to, for instance, we'll use this time management example throughout, focus on lawyers mm-hmm. and how do you help lawyers and law firms with managing their time in between cases and going across town and different clients and all of the paperwork versus perhaps mothers mm-hmm. that are having to balance their time with their kids and their families and potentially at that partial time job and multiple partial time jobs, right? Like it's, there's endless opportunities out there. It's really refining that and making sure that it is in line with your message. It's in line with your mission that we mm-hmm. talked about in the first podcast. But because there are so many opportunities, you need to outline what this person looks like. I like to use the example of, for instance, when you're buying a car, you don't just say, I want to buy a car. <laughs> and then think wander of, around the streets. Car, you see four wheels. No. You say, you know, we, we think of one or two types of cars that we really like. But it's because, you know, I want something that's four-wheel drive. I want something that's going to handle the Colorado mountain terrain and the snow. I want something that's going to have heated seats, something that's going to have Bluetooth and a heated steering wheel. I want something that is going to, you know, be of quality and caliber and is going to last me is I like uh, a clutch. I like a manual car. You know, you have to be able to go through each of these things that you would see in a description of a product, just as you do with people, right? You got to look and define clearly the car or the type of person. Otherwise you're just you just wander around looking for four wheels and doors. Four wheels and doors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you really have to go through this practice just as you would with a car. Or you're going to end up driving a really shitty car because somebody sold you on it. Right. And that's the problem, right? Is is people hesitate in terms of defining target market to the point of where they just get into anybody that will buy their product or service, but then there's zero value long term. And they have buyer's remorse. Yeah. They never are satisfied with their car. They don't love their car. They're not excited to get out and get into it. And they park it at the end of the lot because it's yeah. away from people, right? <laughs> like, I mean, you want to be able to be passionate about the people that you're helping. That every single meeting you're going to, you are excited to see the transformation and be a part of these people's lives and what you're going to do and impact in them, right? And that is going to come from really your individual desire to who you're going to help. And so you got to look at who, right? And when you look at these people and their problems, you have to explore their lifestyle. You have to mm-hmm. explore what they're doing in day in and day out, week by week, month by month, where are they? And start exploring the, the pain points that they have. You know, in time management, is it that they don't have enough time with their, their family? Is that they're working multiple jobs? What does that exactly look like? Where are they in their life stage? Are they in their 20s, their 30s? Are they divorced? Are they in their second marriage? Mm-hmm. Are they someone that you know, is the mother of the house and is in between multiple properties and picking up loose ends, right? You have to really create some clarity on their lifestyle, their life stage, and expose what are the pain points? What are the things that they 
can't sleep at night over. That mm-hmm. they, you know, if they had a magic wand, could resolve. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to expose those. And part of that comes from, you know, just role playing and understanding and empathizing. But it also goes back to our point of testing and going and talking to these people and really diving deep, not from a coaching perspective, but what are the things that keep them up at night and asking them the questions that are going to then translate to how you change your voice, change your message, change how you view these people. There's a, one of my dearest friends of, of 30 years, J.P. Flom with Green Peak Partners. He is a consultant, a coach, and when we're looking at clarity and definition, he's probably got the most specific target market as a coach you could possibly ever aim at because he only deals with equity firms that are billion dollar equity firms that only work with Fortune 50 and Fortune 100 executives and purchasing companies that are at that level and he specifically targets Fortune 50 CEOs which if you look at how niche that is there's 50 of them and not all of them are selling at the same time <laughs> right and yet of those he was willing to target that much that specific that he's created an incredibly powerful incredibly successful company now granted he had to be great enough as a coach to actually work with those people which took some time to get to that point but today by knowing that was his aim years ago, he now is considered one of the best in the world because that was his goal. Not just to be the best in the world, but to target such a niche market that he can ask any dollar amount that he possibly wants, and he does, and he's paid high dollar for that. But he figured that out a long time ago, and then he did what it took to get closer and closer to that target demographic. And. You know, he probably does know exactly what those people do day in and day out. You know, where do they work? Where do they play? Where do they stay? What are they thinking when they're getting on the plane to their next meeting? What are they thinking when they're going home to their wives? What are they thinking when they're brushing their teeth in the morning? And how do I, and how do I get them in a room, right? One of the biggest things that he did by knowing his niche is he knew what they needed to hear. And so he he was able to, over time, end up learning enough about leadership and hiring leaders for these type of companies that he wrote a Harvard Business School article um, with the Harvard Business Review. And now that article is filling rooms with one of the smallest demographics in the world. But he's getting in front of all those people now because he knew how to message to those people and what they needed more than anything else. And if he didn't do that, he'd be speaking in broad strokes. I mean, we had talked a little earlier about Mm -hmm. this discussion of what happens if you don't niche? What happens if you go too broad? Mm -hmm. Well, he wouldn't be able to speak to any of them. It wouldn't resonate. They wouldn't see him as an authority. He wouldn't be able to fill those rooms because they'd see him just as below him instead of above. As as the authority. As someone they can look to for that credibility and that authority. That's right. And, you know, it's the, the threat that most people feel in niching is, man, there's not enough people. There's there's 50 of them in JP's case, right? But there's not enough people for me to be able to have success, to be able to fill my books, to be able to fill rooms, to be able to fill my calendar. Yeah. 
Which and, is a total lie. It's a total lie, but people are like, oh my gosh, where do they exist? Right? I mean, how do I find them? How do they find me? Yeah, it reminds me of the conversation we've had several times where I was coaching um, uh, 300 business owners around Denver, and we were in this networking event, and it was kind of a opportunity to talk about target marketing and this one gal, we would sit around and we'd stand up and do a 30-second pitch. And this and this woman had just, she'd moved here from New York uh, and she wanted to be an esthetician. And she'd been, you know, studying all this stuff about the skin and, and she was developing her practice. But she was struggling in finding customers, right? And so she's standing in front of this group where she's saying, um, help me, help refer people to me. And she stood up and she said the same thing I've heard from people that work in skincare over and over and over again, which I think is silly because she stands up and she goes, listen, my perfect client is anybody with skin. Well, last, to, last I know, there's 7 billion people on this planet, and I would dare to say that the vast majority of them have some form of skin, <laughs> right? Uh, they're not walking around without their skin because they'd probably be dead. So that doesn't really target market anybody. Therefore, when she said that, what did anybody see in their mind? They couldn't picture anybody because it wasn't specific enough to go, oh, I know that person. Nothing. Yeah, they, they didn't see anybody. They didn't see anybody. It's the, the realtor that, that says, anybody that wants a house. Okay. Versus a recently divorced mother of two mm. that is looking for a smaller home to downsize into because she has half of the income. And when you say that, I literally thought of somebody in my head who was in that situation. Exactly. So now I can refer that person. And maybe it's not somebody that's ready now, but you can build and cultivate that relationship long-term with those people because you relate to those people. So going back to the esthetician as an example, to your point, I'm sitting there and I go, what? time out. Instead of saying anybody with skin, what did you do out in New York? And she goes, well, I was in mortgage and I was in real estate. I said, so you really know that space really well. Do you love it? She goes, yeah, but I fell in love more so with being an esthetician. Okay, great. So why don't you become the number one aesthetician to female realtors in Colorado? And she's like, oh, but what about all the other people that need my services? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Last time I checked, there's like 10,000 freaking realtors in Denver because it's a booming economy. And you really need anything outside of that? And even when you cut that in half, if half of them are female. Everyone knows a female realtor. That's 5,000 people. You couldn't, that would be your schedule for the next yeah. five that years. That <laughs> brings a, a great point is when you actually look at the numbers, Yeah. we won't look at the 325 million in the U.S. If you start doing videos and eBooks and stuff, you have a greater chance of reaching that. But if you're in one-on-one -on -one coaching, if you're looking at just getting started, if you're not quite there yet, and you say, okay, I have a city of, Call it 100,000. 1% of that. Let's call it a, a half of 1%. Yeah. Okay, so now you just have 500 people. 500 clients. 500 clients. You can't serve. You hit one of those a day. You're over a year in bookings. But most coaches are going to coach someone either weekly or monthly mm -hmm. for some period of time. I mean... What, there's 160 working business hours in a month? You, you'd you be busy for years. But more importantly... That's a half a percent. 
more importantly, you can ask more right. because you've niched so well, right? So, so you really only need 50 of the 500 because you specialize so deeply to speak to those people and you know their needs so specifically that instead of charging $1,000, you can charge $15,000 because you know what they need and you know their pain points so well. So now you only need 50, 50 clients. Hell, you need 10 and you're at $150,000 a year. I mean, yeah, the the fear mindset that we don't need a target market and we're just going to broadly aim with a shotgun is truthfully insane. It is. I mean, people just need to stare at the numbers. There's enough people out there, and it's a global network now that, you know, I I talk about it. People are looking for you. Mm-hmm. We I can search every single day. I look at the numbers, what people are using on Google. Google gets roughly 70% of the search traffic. Mm-hmm. But I can see hundreds, if not thousands of people searching for the exact same thing within a city. We're in Denver, and I see... Denver, blah, 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 coach. Mm -hmm. And I see the numbers. There are dozens of people searching every day for what you do. And and you know that because that's kind of one of your specialties within the uh, company is that search engine optimization. And in today's world with technology and Google and everything, the more niche you are, the easier it is to find those numbers and see what they're searching for, right? I mean, people are looking for just it as a coach, right? Let alone mm-hmm. we're looking questions. How do I blah, blah, blah. When do I, is it possible to write, how do I better the best blah, 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 right? Like there's so many deviations of things that allow people to find you as that authority and ways to capitalize and convert them. It's, it's mind boggling that people say, you know, I'm just, uh, I, I coach everybody. I coach business owners. Yeah, what does that mean? Really? Okay. <laughs> and and John, from a content perspective, is it easier to write in broad strokes in terms of copy, or is it easier to know exactly who you're aiming at so that you can use words that resonate with them? It's absolutely uh, critical to to drill down because in in copywriting, as I've, as I mentioned before. The, the research and the writing are, are husband and wife, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. So, and it's much it's much easier to, you know, get get into the census tracts and these specific demographics within your city, instead of saying I'm going to take over the world. Anybody with skin, um, you know, <laughs> I'm just kind of picking up on what you guys are, are saying. And there is a difference between everything and anything. And, and particularly in writing, because if I don't know what words resonate with those people, I will be speaking in very broad stroke words, and therefore it doesn't resonate with anybody because it's too broad and there's no emotional attachment to those words. Yeah. I mean, do you have, like, when you're writing copy, I mean, like, do you have itchy skin or do you have itchy skin under your nose because it's dry? weather in Colorado and it's cold and I know it's like a disgusting you just come up with random shit. it's a disgusting <laughs> disgusting view but like people are searching for it's yeah. cold in Colorado it's dry and how do I yeah right uh, moisturize my face right like Thanks they're a lot. My, my nose itches now <laughs> <laughs> the placebo <laughs> yeah no there's a there's a thousand different nose sprays on the market I had to look mm-hmm. look that up and and my uncle who's a doctor 
recommended uh, saline nose spray. It's, it's very distinct. You can use a gallon of it every day and you'll be fine. But there's others, you can get pneumonia if you, you know what I'm saying? If you yeah. use a steroidal nose spray, you know, more than once every 24 hours. It's... Thank you, doctor. <laughs> Glad we got on the nose spray topic. I used to be pre-med. Right, right. You did? Wow. No, nonetheless, doctor in training, the, the, the point is, I think we've beaten the dead horse, but niching is super important. There's a value. You are going to make more money by niching than by trying to cater to everybody. And as a coach, there are enough people that have what you have to offer, even in your city, let alone nationwide. If you just take the chance, trust that there are enough people out there, look at the numbers, face that, and recognize that niching is absolutely one of the best things you can do for your business. It refines your message, it refines how you speak to these people. It makes your job easier because now the conversations you're having are of similar status. They're, they're, they're parallels to one another. Each person might be slightly different, but you can become more and more familiar within that exact track. Yeah. And, and I would dare to say this is true also, I mean we've been focusing a lot on coaches, but it's also true in terms of authorship, and speaking. Oh, totally. Um, Any kind of commerce whatsoever. Yeah, if you're looking to fill a room with a lot of people around the world, look at look at Comic-Con, right? It wasn't like, oh, let's throw a big party where everybody dresses up. It was specifically targeting all the, the people that are obsessed and geek out on comic books. And now it's like one of the largest conventions in it's the huge. world with millions and millions of people showing up. But we... I didn't even know those people existed, to be honest with you, until all of a sudden there's a convention going through Denver and there's 50,000 people going to this thing in Denver alone and from states all over the place. It's crazy how important this is, and so many people are missing the mark because they don't go deep enough on this journey. So, any last words? Vision board. Put it Mm -hmm. on a vision board. Cut it out of a magazine. Cut what out of them? Cut, <laughs> cut, <laughs> cut it, the lifestyle, the pictures, the, the person that you are trying to reach. What do they do? What is their family? What is their work life? What is their weekends? Create it, and the more clearly you can see it, we're visual creatures, and the more clearly you can have it in front of you and see it and put it on paper, the more easily you're going to be able to speak to that person. Don't just kind of go through the mental exercise and think that you have it. Write it down, cut it out of a magazine, cut it, print it off, and really, really spend some time. Because if you do it once and you know it, you're gonna see them, right? You're gonna see, back to the car example, you're gonna see that car everywhere. everywhere. As soon as you create the clarity, it's the same thing in dating and relationships. As soon as you create that clarity, you're going to see this person everywhere. You're gonna see them across the restaurant, and you're gonna say, oh my gosh, and you're gonna find a way to open a conversation because you see that person with their family going through whatever it is, right? You're gonna be able to pinpoint subconsciously who these people are because you know exactly their lifestyle, their ins and outs, their pain points. I've seen it work so well in dating for, for my clients to create kind of, I mean, most people think vision boards are 
for what I want to attract into my life, right? Which is true, but it's, again, it's writing with broad strokes, even at that. And I encourage them to create their love vision board because if they can see how that man or that woman walks and talks and what they do and the, the things that they do for fun, the places that they want to stay around the world, the way they dress, all of a sudden when you cut that out and you put it on that board and you're seeing that subconsciously every single day, that's right. It's it's the red Corvette, right? All of a sudden, I test drove a red Corvette. I've got the emotional attachment to that red Corvette. And all of a sudden, the whole world seemed to have bought red Corvettes because they're all over the road. And we think it's because we're so awesome that everybody wanted to be like us. Well, that's not true. You just, your brain is now wired to spot it faster and quicker. And you see it everywhere, just like you said. So I would say 100% accurate. Take the time to write out who this person is and then cut out every aspect of who your target demographic is, how they walk, how they talk, where they go, where they travel, mm-hmm. figure out their pain points and and put the result that you create for them based on that pain yeah. point on that board. So that way you're constantly seeing this. And when you spot that person, it took you five seconds to blow their mind instead of trying to sell them. They just resonate with you and that energy. Mm-hmm. That's super powerful, man. Great idea. Great. Well, thank you for helping facilitate this conversation. I think that the target market is, without a doubt, regardless of where you are, again, if you're just getting started, looking, getting into coaching, or you're an established, revisit this. Try some of these practices. Put it on a vision board. You'll be amazed at what it'll do. What what comes into your world. Well, Eric and Sean, and uh, this is Devin. I appreciate you guys. This is the gang behind the social capital investment group and if you need some help around this if you need to have a discussion with us reach out to us specifically reaching out to sean and eric who are leading the way and they can really help you work through this process so stay tuned in and uh, we'll give you some more free content on how to go out there and kick ass in your coaching authorship and speaking businesses